Welcome to Deep Meaningless Conversation, a podcast where we talk about both everything and nothing. Brought to you by myself, Abby, also known as Sawyer. And myself, Ariami, also known as Arez. And it's your girl Jenny, Jenny from the block. I'm Prima, or Peace Littles. And I'm Tumaine, also known as Tim Tim Cray, also known as Timmy the Rapage Slayer, also known as Champagne Tumaine. Hey! <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> and we're just a girl band who can sing, so we decided to make a podcast instead. And today, we're going to be talking about the workplace and all the highs and lows and um, memories and frustrations and ways it's killed us. (laughs) (laughs) Workplace romances. Don't know if you guys have stories. No, but I read somewhere that like um, Gen Zs and like our generation are like increasingly... um, like we don't like workplace romances compared to like other generations that we Ooh. shun it mm, yes I can I can see that happening actually me too, me too. I, I yeah, get it I get it it's <laughs> compartmentalization yeah like, yeah, yeah. don't shit where you eat yeah I, I also feel like our generation generation or like the generation after us there's so many other things to entertain you than work do you know what I mean so like I mean, obviously not every day, but for example, like compared to our parents' generation, like their work was their life. And I think the mentality nowadays is more towards work-life balance. So going back to what you said, Parima, it's like we are more, there's more emphasis on uh, work-life balance and, you know, having your work life and then leaving work at work. Um, So maybe that's what's also contributing to it. Yeah, probably. And I think also, obviously, with COVID and working from home and the whole hybrid working thing being a norm now, I would say for me, I don't think it's been the same for like everyone or lots of people. But actually, for me, working from home has it doesn't really make sense what I'm saying, but has helped me with my work life balance. When I was in the office, I was someone that I would stay there late, come in early, like if I was busy or whatever. Um, I also would. I don't know, like be more absorbed by work, stressed by it. But now literally like when I, when it hits 5.30, I'm out. <laughs> like I am like, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. And you, you won't catch me working on weekends as much as I used to before. Like, I, I don't know why. It's just, I think because our whole lives are now at home, work and home and everything is in one space. I'm like, I need to do what I can to actually preserve my mental health. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. And with COVID, there's been a lot of emphasis on mental health and I'm just trying to um, be mindful of it. I think we're more encouraged to be mindful of mental health. Mm -hmm. Even like when I think about back at school, there was never the word word mental health mentioned as much as there is now. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Like, I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even. It was not, was it? Like, I think I just remember them being like, you need to do this to be successful, independent women leaders, like all this stuff. But never ever did they talk about like, you know, you need to look after yourself, self-care, all this stuff. Mm. I never ever got taught about it and it was never built into us. So I think for people coming up now, like people just starting uni or people just starting work, I think it's better for them, Mm. hopefully, because they are more mindful about 
mindfulness, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was like some ASMR mindfulness. <laughs> I think when we were at school, it was like starting out with, um, like the trend was just beginning. I think it was, um, there is still stigma around mental health and like you had to be diagnosed for mm. something for people to okay, identify you or help you somehow but that like also attaches a lot of stigma of okay so I don't deserve because you're eating KFC background you're like self-care mental health and you're munching KFC and I'm like okay that's self-care this is part of the episode <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I was like, why are they just really talking seriously? Why is Jenny <laughs> interesting casual chats? We're in work mode, Ari. Are you sign hustle mode, please? Yeah, this is our second job. <laughs> I took it away. <laughs> Fully, all of us kept trying to focus while you were just whacking your <laughs> KFC. Really to look at Ari and me, like. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy and enjoying. Thanks, guys. Self-care. So, like, I think we were starting out when we were in school to sort of put mental health into perspective, but we sort of approached it the wrong way because we tried to identify and, like, categorize it um, rather than sort of asking people to assess themselves um, in terms of their well-being and mental health and, like, assume it's a, like, an everyone thing. Like, it's it's yeah a, such a common thing that it's not, just prescribe to people who are diagnosed with like depression etc yeah i read an interesting um, article recently actually and it was basically saying how psychiatrists um their shift in um viewing mental health or depression per se depression for them is like seeing the common cold for other physicians Mm, interesting. And, and they were basically saying if you are run down physically and you feel like you're lacking in sleep you feel a bit cold you feel a bit sniffly or chorizal you would take it like slowly right you would be like actually I'm run down I need to take care of myself yeah. you would listen to your body in that sense obviously not it's not always possible but you will be like oh actually I think I'm coming down with something or actually I think I'm really run down I'm very tired I feel really like you know rubbish but when, when it comes to mental health, not many people have that insight to be like, actually, I am run down mentally. I am exhausted mentally. It only gets to the point of having the cold or having the depression or depressive thoughts. Then they go, oh, actually, yeah, I'm, a bit, I'm feeling a bit low. I'm really exhausted. I'm mentally empty. So that was a very interesting take, actually, because they were saying you would take vitamins, you would go and drink water, ginger tea, whatever you do, drink Lemsip, you would, you know, take the day off if it was physical signs of exhaustions. But you don't, not many people even know their own mental signs of exhaustion. So the self-care thing, it's not a one package fits all. Do you know what I mean? And and I think that that perspective has not been... um, put out to us early enough in our adult life for me anyway um and also being third culture I don't know if that has an impact as well because when I was growing up in Korea my parents would never ever talk about mental health or like I never knew things existed in you know 
mental health conditions it was always very taboo to talk about yeah so I don't know if you guys relate to that I do I think it was wasn't really talked about and even like till today right I'm so I uh meet with a counselor Uh, I have it in the past and and do as well presently and it's very much for me more around like I suffer from health anxiety so I know I talked a little bit about it on my on our COVID episode but all of my issues with my backs and just like I've had in the last 10 years I've had about eight different surgeries which I already had health anxiety prior to that but there's all kind of feed into it as well Mm -hmm. um so I've been talking to someone about it which has been great because even just identify what it is and then like literally just basic tools to help me deal with it um it's not gone but it helps me deal with it in, in certain moments and even with that I can sense from my parents and family wider family like a little bit of like oh you're taking things too seriously like why why (laughs) why do you need to talk to a therapist you're fine and I'm like well I'm not and and it's not I don't I'm not scared of it I don't think it's a big issue but I also don't like feeling the way I feel when I'm going through those anxious states so why not get tools to help (laughs) learn to deal with it exactly like if you want to lose weight or if you want to become fitter or muscular whatever you get a visit like a PT right yeah. yeah. Or like if you have like a shoulder problem and you need physio, you'll get a physiotherapist. So I think that's the change in viewing that recently I've been going through because I have people who are close to me who have, you know, diagnosed or whatever that means, diagnosed. I actually think we probably all have mental health issues at some point in our lives. Mm-hmm. That's just not diagnosed, sure. that people just don't talk about. Like, yeah. depression is very, very common. Some people have it for years because they hide it. Some people have it, like, seasonally because it's, like, seasonal affective disorder. You know, like, I think it's very, very common. It's just not talked about. And even when it's talked about, it's so, mm, I think it's very dra- dramatized. Like, oh, mental health is so important. It should just be, like, the common cold, in my opinion. And it will take a while for things to get to that level yeah i guess reach that point yeah i guess because it's quite recent right i think because now like even with parents like you said man old generation because they didn't grow up with it i feel like they can only when they when they hear about it there's always like a hmm, interesting what's like you know making things really dramatic (laughs) i think they didn't the same way like we just said we didn't grow up with it and now like in our 20s we're like really understanding the importance of it i guess now them like in their 50s 60s whatever after they've lived like decades without having any you know therapist they're like "Ah." But we're still fine, you know, <laughs> we're going mm, on. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. yeah, definitely. Hopefully we reach a point where it's talked about like the common cold. But I think that's why our parents do. Yes, they had, like you said, Aramie, yes, they didn't experience it. But I also think that's why um, the taboo is still there, because I think people think to classify something as mental health, it has to be something that affects you for a long time or affects you to a really strong degree or affects you, <clears throat> um, or changes you as a person. Whereas yeah. like, for like say with me and health anxiety, in my day-to-day life, I'm not suffering from that. It only pops up or flares up when I'm in a position where I need to go to hospital or X, Y, or Z. Um, but it's still an issue. <laughs> Just because I don't suffer from it all day, every day, doesn't mean I'm fine. I, I mean, I am fine, but I should still try to get the tools to help deal with it better. Yeah. No, I, I completely um, support that. I think that's really good that you speak to someone about it 
I think everybody should get counseling, to be honest. Oh yeah, I've had counseling twice. I feel like every every few months, I feel like it's just healthy just to get your mind like checking in, like what's going on with you. Is everything oh. okay? Yeah, like a physical checkup, your yearly annual checkup. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so important because I think sometimes things are wrong, but you don't even realize. Or like, especially because how busy we are with work, it's so easy to neglect like your brain and like how you're feeling. You just kind of, you, you enter survival mode. Like for me, a lot of times at work, I think I just enter survival mode and I get a physical symptom. I can't yeah. have, I might be depressed. I wouldn't even realize. I just be like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I need to keep going. Yeah. It's sad. I was actually talking about um, stress with my friend yesterday and how I'm really bad at recognizing when I'm, I have work stress. It's like mm. different from, you know, when you have stress that is so obvious that it's ob- like, you know, you're stressed, but there's a stress where it's like lots of little things are like building mm. up. Like last week I felt really anxious and really like, I just couldn't, I couldn't sleep properly. I had so many things on my mind. I had, and I, it was and it's I'm really bad at recognizing that Mm. and I was saying to my friend that it's just I need to start doing more self-care things slash recognizing that my stress isn't always like a ah I've got a headache and I'm feeling really like lots of pressure and like really acute like sometimes it is just low level stress but it really like eats my personality and can really like mess me up for a while it all adds up Mm. I think the the key thing like that is also knowing like when you're in a like in a stable place like it was the beginning of lockdown when I quit my first job and I had some a few months before my current job I think that was the first time I was able to ever really be still like in a few years obviously because work was intense and yeah. I think being knowing that that was my like you know I guess level zero so now I'm more able to realize when things go up or down mm-hmm. I think yeah. you've never given yourself time to like get to like a you know decently minimum whatever that means whatever that looks like for you it's harder to fluctuate because I think for like three years I was probably on like, a constant high of just like anxiety and just like because life is just moving so quickly, work is so busy, yeah. that becomes your normal, and that became my normal for a long time. Yeah. So I realized this is not where my mental health should be. Bring it down, yeah. and now I'm active, like, trying to monitor it. Yeah. That's so interesting. Just to tie in with, like, the physical um, thing Jenny is talking about, like a cold. Um, I think at, from a young age, we're told, we're taught how to recognize a physical illness, or stress, or headache, and, like, quickly identifying it as like something wrong so you go to so like the baseline for health would be when you're healthy when you're healthy don't have any flus or anything and that would be the baseline Ari means talking about Mm. but like with mental health because it's such a new thing for like to be told like to be aware of it's so hard to recognize when something's off sometimes it comes off as like being snappy and like you're like is that just me being a bitch or is it like is there something more like do I need to dig deeper Mm -hmm. so like I think some I like I can't I haven't figured it out yet but I feel like there should be something to teach us how to recognize something like when something's wrong yeah yeah and also I mean it's all a learning curve but also how to address it in this in the case of work stress how to address it because I think so I suffered I mean I think we all do like we all live such tense anxious lives you know grinding every day nine to five but it's not actually nine to five (laughs) 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 we all know it's much more than that um such a lie nine to five it's not like who actually works nine to five anymore (laughs) it's like a nine to like nine (laughs) like literally 
Um, and then a few years ago, I had uh, my old job. I had a panic attack. It was my first time ever having one. It was the worst experience ever. Um, but I then went almost. I think in that point, I was in the stage where I was like, oh, I'm really stressed, you know, like, oh, I've been given this other task or oh, this deadline. And I was like really in my head about everything. Mm. And I then as a coping, not a coping mechanism, but to address it, I then went the other way and was like, oh, I don't care about anything. So like, give me as much work as you want. I'm not going to work myself up about it. But then mm. I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't taking care of myself and I wasn't eating well. So then I got stressed and ill through that and so yeah. I think learning like how to address it is really important because I thought I'd addressed it but actually still wasn't taking care yeah. of myself that's really interesting so how do you know when like how, how are you able to identify that and then come out of it so how did you address it address the other side of being too chilled yeah like so how did you identify and then think what am I going to do to come back to a normal whatever oh so like I mean I didn't I didn't identify it I unfortunately um got ill and had blood pressure issues and I'm now medication (laughs) 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 so that's how I (laughs) that's how I identified it I love that I went to go see my cardiologist that was so good hashtag plot twist oh man I went to go see my cardiologist and he's like, you're not well. <laughs> so that's how I identified it. I think for me, I think my similar like work breakdown moment was probably like, I was working on, I was doing my, my old job, like working ridiculous hours, sleeping for like two, three hours a night, going back. And then you don't even realize you're tired. Like I just, I wasn't even tired. Like, I was fine in my mind. If, you, if I had spoken to anybody, I'd be like, yeah, good, all good. A bit yeah. tired, but you know, it's still going. And then because I'm anemic and then I was, I think I was facing my mom and then she saw me and she was like, is your, are your lips going blue? I was like, what mom is, nobody has time for this kind of conversation. Focus. And I went to the mirror and I was like, shit, my face is turning color. Like, what the wow. And that was for me. The, and she, and she was in Nigeria at the time and I still had to work. I was still working. I was still, I wasn't even tired. I was just like going. And she mm. came from Nigeria, like two days later, she was in London. She's like, this has to stop. This is ridiculous. We need to go to the hospital. We need to go take time off work. So I took a few days off work. Had to go to the hospital. Realized my my my, my blood levels had gone like ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. And I didn't. I was I was physically unwell, but yeah. I was I wasn't even aware of that. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That's like I think I would have spoken to somebody and be like, oh yeah, I'm fine. And if if she were, if not for my physical like literal color changing, I think I'd have been like, yeah, good. Everything's fine. Everything. Yeah. So now I'm just like I, I try I try very hard to like set boundaries in place and not wait for things to get to worst case scenario because because of what it's not that deep it's never that deep it's really never that deep. Yeah. So Honestly. question for you guys: Why do you think? Because I think we all share that same trait of having pushed ourselves too hard for work or gotten to that level of stress. Why do you think that is? I mean, I was just, I was saying this to my friend yesterday. I was like, I've always it's always been fine. I've mm. always like made it through. Mm. Yeah. Or I'm still going anyway. I haven't died yet. So I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> gotta keep wow. going, man. Yeah. I don't have a legit reason. And like the thing is, we shouldn't really have to suffer. Like, but mm. I don't I think we just don't even recognize because everyone else around us is also going through the same thing. That we're like, well, yeah. this must be normal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not special. <laughs> Everybody else is suffering at work. So me too, I must suffer because if I'm having a nice life, then I must not be doing anything right, right? <laughs> I honestly literally echo that because, like, so I'm 
for people who don't know, I'm, I'm training um, in general surgery at the moment. And they have, there's this culture at work where it's like, I went through it. And I'm sure this is in any field, in any work, whether it's law, well, um, medicine, anything, media, any big, huge corporations, it'd be the same thing. I went through it. So you should go through it. Everybody gets through it. You'll be fine. You just develop a thick skin, you know? Mm. And like, I just, that culture is so toxic in my mind. Um, you know, like it's great teaching and it's a lot of, for me, it's a lot of procedures. So it's all about learning procedures. It's about learning, um, your teacher, their teaching style and, you know, getting on with that. But like, you know, it's like being at school. Like sometimes you just don't like your teacher, you know, sometimes you just don't like your seniors. Like it's just the way it is. You're not going to be best friends with everyone at work ever. Like it's not going to work. And, um, you know, a lot of them will make comments like, you know, um, yeah, it's stressful. Yeah. It's hard. It takes a toll. Surgery is all consuming. Um, you know, it's just the way it is. If you sign up for this life, you must have just like committed to it. You know, you need to forget about the alternative. I'm like, why should it be that way? You know, like it's so toxic and it's not helpful in anyone. Um, like last week, there was like a surgery, obviously delay, delay, delay. And they're like, oh no, you're a trainee. So you should definitely stay outside. So I was meant to finish at six. Uh, and the patient was not even on the table at six and I'm like well the patient's not even ready like nobody's ready for our operations to begin and they're like no 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 you're a trainee people will think you're really really bad if you like pass up on this opportunity and not help out so you should stay and then I was like okay so then I was like to my registrar I was like okay well let me just call my boyfriend that I won't make it in time for dinner and he went oh yeah that's just the way it is in surgery there's no point in having a personal life oh lame that's so rude and he's like, you know, divorced. And like, <laughs> thanks for your advice. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't want that to be my life. You know, that doesn't inspire anyone. It doesn't inspire people no. to want to do this job. But it is sad that your our seniors, like, it's always the senior people who've, you know, sacrificed whatever and been unhappy their whole life and then want you to be unhappy too because, you know, they've made their own life as unhappy. Yeah. But, like we shouldn't stand for that and if we and the thing is the moment you don't they think you're some millennial who yes is they love that word <laughs> why do it. senior love people it. in companies and hospitals love like it. calling us millennials are we technically millennials i feel like we've, we've missed the no we're gen z gen y i don't know i don't know what the difference between millennials and gen z are what's the difference when they told me i was but they just, I don't, it's like, they think that we're not, that we're too soft or that oh, we're ungrateful mm-hmm. or we don't have, oh, what's that word that they use? They use it a lot in medicine. Um, Grits? It begins with R. Resistance. Resilience. This is it. Resilience. Oh, I was going to say enough. razzmatazz. You don't have that razzmatazz. <laughs> resilience makes more sense resilience. they always want people to have resilience it's like resilience isn't always healthy like they, resilience to them means just being doing what we're doing right like yeah being like, stressed don't worry not doing yeah. anything about your stress yeah yeah so i i i had similar experience between the um like you guys with Tamayn and Naomi where 
I did like a run of encores last year. Um, so it was like 12 to 15 hour shifts just on my feet. Like my step count per day will be like 19,000, 20,000 steps um, every day, just running around the hospital, seeing patients, organizing stuff. And you are literally, when you're holding that bleep and when you're on call, you are the bitch of the hospital. Anyone can call you, be like, hey, can you just uh, help me organize this scan and book this and go see this and do that? Yeah, and let me know. And then they'll like call you in 10 minutes and be like, have you done it? And I'm like, no, I'm literally still walking to the next, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and you can never get anything done. And anyway, so like, I was so, so tired, obviously was not drinking any water, wasn't drinking um, or eating throughout the day. And then I would come home, drink wine, eat cheese and sleep and do it all again. And um, one day I got like a, um, like a urine infection and I just thought, oh God, that's really annoying. It's really painful. Uh, it will clear. Gave myself some antibiotics. It didn't clear. I thought it was fine. Then I started getting this like left-sided back pain. And I was like, obviously being a doctor, I was like, fuck, it's gone to my kidneys. So then I was like, I went to a and I was actually there to see a patient. And like one of my colleagues in the a and were like, oh my God, are you okay? You literally look like you're going to pass out. I was like, oh my God, I feel like... I feel like I'm gonna too. And then I did, she was like pale, sweating. They like got me to have bloods. They did my kidney function. And then only then this like any doctor came in and was like, let me scan your kidneys just bedside. So he just gave me an ultrasound. He looked at my kidneys and they were like, you've got like a swollen kidney on your left side. So eventually it was fine. I um, took antibiotics, had some time off and it was okay. But since then, whenever I'm dehydrated on call or when I'm just feeling a bit off, I get like really bad left kidney pain. Um, And I'm like, I need to drink whenever I'm dehydrated. So that's like my thing that um, that was like my lesson. And now when I'm at work, I'm like the person who carries around this massive water bottle. I'm like, hello, <laughs> here for the crash and the crash team with like my massive water bottle. Like, hi, how's everyone? <laughs> you hit reach rock bottom. <laughs> literally like blood pressure, kidneys. Like we're literally <laughs> killing ourselves for work. Oh, why though? And the sad thing is, like, I feel like we're just a number, you know? Like, they're just like, okay, like, oh, you can't do on call? Let me find another one. Like, oh, you can't do this? Oh, that's a shame. I always remember Ariami's story about someone that passed away at work. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think for me, that was a wake up call. Someone passed away at a place I was working at, and it was like sad for, I don't know, half a millisecond. And then, the next thing we knew, we were staffing his deals and things went back to normal. It was the coldest, I don't know, something about it for me that was, I think that combined with what happened to me previously made me realize that you really are just a number. Like, yeah. literally, I mean, I didn't know the guy personally, but I saw him around all the time. And it was just, I can't, it was It was a very like, so, like sobering moment to realize that he just left and then people were staffing his deals and now people were like, oh, how do I want to get this deal? I'm like, I mean, I guess it. Like, things have to move on, but I think just really me remember that this is a business. Yeah, you're not precious. Yeah, as soon as yeah. you somebody else is waiting to take your place, yeah. so you do the best you can while you're there, but do not kill yourself for anybody. Oh, okay. I have a question for you guys, which is kind of like, um, 
do you do any of you struggle with not feeling valued at work and if so and I think a lot of people our age do and if so why do you think that is do you think it's because we're actually not being valued or do you think it's the what is the you know the trope like we said of millennials just needing more spoon feeding or whatever it is so I mean I think I've never felt valued at work until literally this afternoon when I thought <laughs> <laughs> just in time for this literally episode this afternoon. <laughs> there's this thing that we do at work called a datex which is when you report like an adverse incident and there's a, a reverse thing that they do sometimes called a gratex where they send instead of giving like reporting you for doing something bad they um nominate you or whatever for doing something good and I got oh. my first great ex this afternoon by my consultant. Oh, um, yes. Really nice. But up until today, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I've never had any kind of feedback. I'm normally just the only person on the ward. I like work so hard and no one recognizes it. And I honestly, it's not that I, it's not even that I feel like I want, I need someone to tell me, oh, well done, Abby. But Essentially, yes. Yeah, like we're part of a team, and I feel like I'm the one carrying this team because without me, like they all go to their offices in the afternoon, have a nice lunch, do their (laughs) clinics, and I'm stuck on the ward doing all the rubbish jobs, and it just feels and acknowledge it. Yeah, this is just not. It doesn't. I don't feel like I'm part of the team. I think that's what Mm -hmm. it is. It's like not feeling like I'm part of the team, not feeling like I'm recognized as a valued member of this team. because of time like not being there for as long as the others maybe 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 but I mean I, I also just think I'm just maybe because we, doctors rotate so much that yeah. seniors <clears throat> don't bother really getting to know you very well you're just like even your supervisors is just like yeah just another you know they'll only be here for four months then they'll move on mm, but it's like those are my precious is- four months yeah, exactly. And it can really impact your career. And I think medicine as a general is very hierarchical. It's still like the most hierarchical like career, I think. You just get more respect as you get older. It's not about your abilities. It's not about your, mm. it's literally nothing about your position. Like your position just is how long have you been on, in this program? How long have you been on a doctor? Mm. Um and it's all about just titles, you know, like I've met, you know, really good seniors who are really young and they just managed to get through the system very quickly, but they still won't have the same respect because, you know, they look really young or they are a female or, you know, they're not white or, you know, like they didn't go to medical school in England, like just a whole range of things. Um, but yeah, I think medicine itself is very hierarchical and then probably any other company as well. Um, they probably just... And they forget, that's the thing, they go through the same things and they forget how it felt yeah. to be in that position. And the cycle just repeats and repeats. And there's no nothing that stops that violence. Yeah, I think it was like, we were talking about it one week. I don't know if it made the podcast, but how like in school, when like um, fives or six forms, you people had to like move out the way and like that whole cycle <laughs> of <laughs> abuse that like younger girls would have to, could only go up one set of stairs. And like that isn't yeah. there anymore. And is and it not there anymore? No, like a lot. Of, like anyone can go up the front stairs or whatever they were called, and like all of those oh, things. Yeah. Which we 
did the same. We were like, oh, we're going to do it because we had to suffer. <laughs> and everyone did it to us. But you're actually like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, yeah, walk literally. up the stairs. What is this hierarchy there for? Like, obviously, there's hierarchy in other ways. But, like, it's those arbitrary things that make people feel powerful that I think are really dangerous in work. <laughs> I mean, you can argue that, yes, maybe we are like a, a bit more needy or whatever, and we do need recognition. But I think this has probably been a problem that's been going on for a long time. And I think we're a generation that stands up for ourselves a lot more. And yeah. lots of things have changed because people have stood up for themselves. So I don't, I think we should continue standing up for ourselves for things that aren't right. It shouldn't just be like, oh, yeah, because these people bully these people and they felt bad. Um, and they continue the cycle that we should then keep continuing the cycle because what for tradition? Mm. I don't think tradition's ever been a good en- a good enough reason to continue something. Yeah, that's a quote right, right there. That was that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that uh, that um, struck my heart. <laughs> what about you, Pa? Um, what was the question? Feeling valued. Do you, uh, yeah, do you feel valued? Have you struggled with feeling valued at work? If so, why or why not? Um, I think there's a whole toxic culture that, like, I swear, like, exists um, around the world. But it's it's everything um, you got. You all just said it's being living in this culture where um, you're trying to compete on how like how maxed out you are at work. Like, you're trying to like mm. literally like everyone just competes on performance where no one takes it like you shouldn't look at a colleague as a competitor it should be a teamwork thing but that's what it is like the culture generally is you competing with your colleague of how much work you can do or like how to excel or how to overperform like um and it's just not so like this feeds into the value part in that everything you do is critiqued like feedback is apparently a thing where like no one gets positive reinforcement but like it's just how can you improve how can you improve how can you improve so that you don't feel you feel like you're doing something wrong all the time and it's not healthy Mm -hmm. um yeah once in a while (laughs) what was it abby like positive reinforcement is what we need and we're just not friendly in the workplace at all and like no workplace like foster that kind of environment yeah it's always like I guess like you said it's always thinking about the next step so no one is like um given reinforcement or anything in the present it's always just like okay you could be doing this better you could be doing that better I think that's a good point yeah what about you to me you know I know you've had this (laughs) I definitely have and still do um I had actually a good story so my previous job I actually brought it up with my man manager slash head of our department um we went like we met up regularly for like catch-ups and and so on so we had one and I basically brought up the fact that I don't feel valued in the team um I'd been asking for a promotion for a long time and like everyone herself included was like yes you should be the next level but like I was like so like how long are we going to talk about this and it's not going to (laughs) happen um and there was another uh, colleague of mine who I was really good friends with who was a white guy and um basically they had even though he joined the company after me and so on and he was great but like you know I was definitely hardworking and, and all of that um basically told me like oh we we basically feel that we have to promote you both at the same time because it's awkward if not and I was like 
I don't know why this has anything to do with like, like what does that have to do with me? Not if it's awkward. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like why should like why should my career together. progression like why should my <laughs> career progression be linked to his? Like that makes yeah. no sense. So, anyways, I brought up a conversation with her and I was just like, uh, said all of this, like I don't feel valued. And it was one of and this was my first job, and it was one of the most fascinating experiences ever. She went off and was like shouting at me and was like literally all the stuff we discussed she was like blah blah blah, millennials you just think you know like all of this bullshit she like she went off like and we were in a restaurant it was so awkward like literally people were like looking at us that's unprofessional Um, no it was fully unprofessional like you know I don't mind you telling me the answer I'm not expecting but the way you deliver like she delivered it was totally unprofessional um anyways and then you know she was saying stuff like oh well he's he's always in the office late and I said to her I was like have I ever missed the deadline or not delivered on a task and she was like no and I was like so why should I sit in the office if I've already done my work the difference is I I get my work done I'm not yeah yeah. (laughs) so (laughs) how is this again how is this my problem (laughs) um and then it got, so it was literally the most bizarre conversation. So she went off on me and then she like, then started to try and empower me and was like, you know, I'm just looking out for you like as a woman and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and I, it was the weirdest conversation ever. And she could tell I was having none of it. Um, and then <laughs> and then she said I can't remember what it was but she said something that really like it takes a lot to actually piss me off and she said something that like flipped me to that other side. <laughs> um, and it was so funny because the conversation stopped she said it and stopped and she was like what do you think and I was just like I'm taking a moment to pause before I say the wrong thing um and I literally gave myself like 30 seconds because I was gonna you know like you know me once I'm in that state I'm I'm gonna finish you (laughs) I'm gonna finish you so I literally had to pause um so anyways, it, it not only did I not feel valued, I felt like I couldn't have an adult professional conversation about it. Mm. So it really kind of skewed how I view work. And then I joined this new company and I've had um, moments where I've brought up as well. And I think it's been handled better in conversation. But I think for me, the issue is in my industry, in marketing, in events specifically, I think that's the stat is something like at the moment in the UK, only three to four percent of the events workforce is people of color so it's just like we're just such a minority and mm. I think I struggle with it because uh, currently feeling nothing valued because it just feels like the only voices that matter are genuinely the only voices that matter are white male voices mm. and I really and like for me it's kind of like why have I, why am I on blood pressure medicine for a company that's not even listening yeah. to me? <laughs> like, why am I suffering if my voice doesn't even matter? And like, it's not even, and I think employers think it's always about promotion or always about that with our generation. But I'm like, no, actually just the basics of I'm on a call and I will say something and then someone else says it, you know, five minutes later and then they get the credit or, you know, all those little things that keep happening where you're like, as long as it's coming out of my mouth, you're not going to care. <laughs> yeah. It's not all terrible. Like I, I can, I, I can definitely say with my current workplace, it's definitely, it's very strong. I think it depends on what kind of company you're in. I guess this is a more, I'm in a more tech company at the moment. And there's very much a strong culture of feedback and a very strong culture of positive reinforcements, mm. which is, 
quite different to that's really nice that's so nice sounds like the dream i'm taken aback all the time there's a very strong like yeah that was really good well done and everyone's really like so i think it probably just depends on again the industries like Mm. in like i guess more established because it's a younger industry like i mean literally the average i mean the average age of my company is probably like I don't know, in, in their 20s like 25 or something wow. so i think in a younger company with that kind of emphasis there's a lot more i think because we're all a lot more intentional about you know encouraging each other giving each other constructive feedback and actually like touching base i think when that, that, that kind of company you're probably more likely to get that but the older companies the more institutionalized companies i think that's probably going to be pretty busting for that one to come <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and i think with that plus what harima was saying earlier i think we should actively share more like the positive things about our workplaces because I do think that we get into a habit of only sharing the negative things Mm. um, yeah which is depressing and normalizes all the negative stuff that we go through that I think it's important for us to also talk about all the good things that are happening at work and all the positive things and the things that are good that we've seen but compared to other places so that we can all learn from each other and see whether how we like like put that into our own workplaces yeah that's a really good point but I think it all comes down to going back to your original question um are you a person who is motivated by success or motivated by failure and I am and have always been the person who is motivated by success or compliments if someone tells me oh like you know, this is good, this is very good, you should keep it up, like, you know, uh, you just need to do a little bit of this um, to make it better. I will do a lot more of that, you know? Like, I'll be like, yep, 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 I'm on it, like, I'm going to keep doing it. Like, And I think that's how I've been. And maybe it's to do with our education as well. Like, we've, we've come through a background where we didn't really have to prove ourselves as such. People were like, yeah, yeah, this is really good, but if you want to go to, uh, if you want to do medicine, or if you want to do law, you make sure you put this up as well like I think there was a lot of positive reinforcements in our childhood or in our like early education and to then come into a very critical or you know quote unquote like constructive criticism um constructive just means like they are allowed to just like have a go at you in my opinion like it's not there's literally I've never had a constructive feedback that like I've not walked away from being like well (laughs) like you know like (laughs) everybody's like oh I'm just giving you some constructive feedback can't just say you're great and I'm like yeah you can actually just say say I'm great and then just be like but just do this next time then I'll be like okay great you know um and I think that's what it is that's me at the gym that's how I fight like that's my first realization of me enjoying positive reinforcement I need someone to be like you can do this Prima you can like yeah like push a little extra like you're so good rather than people yelling at you like in military camp being like (laughs) you piece of shit (laughs) exactly Exactly. and I think a lot of the older generation they come from the latter being like oh I'll prove it to you I'll prove it to you that I can be self-made. I can do this. I'm going to be the best this person ever in this industry. And I think we, I just clash with that mentality because 
No one is born a lawyer. No one is born a surgeon. No one is born to be the CEO of whatever the fuck, you know? Like, everybody has to start somewhere. And nobody, like, who, and people who are meant to be training those millennials or, like, Gen Z, whatever they want to call us, it's like they are bitter about their own experience and they don't want us to be improving that overall experience and that overall journey they're just like oh no no i did it this way you need to do it this way oh you young people i'm like fuck off like you know i can't i can't can't." (laughs) he's giving me all the life (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is and i and i think hopefully and i say this with like a lot of caution hopefully by the time i'm in that position i would rather be the person who motivates someone to achieve their potential than uh, rather than be uh you know proposing some arbitrary uh level and being like this is the level you're meant to be at but and you're only yay high so you need to really pull up and be up here like that's not helpful to anyone you know I do. I think it's. I think it's a tricky balance to reach because I do think. I think even in saying that, like I could definitely see how like an older generation person would think. Yeah, they're definitely softer because if they're motivated by, by failure, I won't be yeah. success. So we need nice words to do better. For them, it's like do better anyways. Nobody needs to be nice to you. Get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely tricky because I think even like as a, as a lawyer, you have to go to the training program, which being a trainee solicitor, and then you qualify. So I think even now, when I like when I was working with trainees, like younger trainee solicitors. I feel like obviously I'm not going to be mean to them, but there is a level of resilience that is required, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. And it's finding that balance between babying them too much and making them realize that this is actually not you're not clocking out a five year. This yeah. is not that, that. This is not that life. This is a bit more than you know. I think there are different expectations for different people and different careers and different you know whatever, and is and that's how you're compensated for. Mm. Now I sound like the man, but still, I think it's just a balance. <laughs> like the other side but i think there's a balance and it's about like finding the i think we need to find the balance it's not it's not definitely yeah. it's definitely not airy fairy i think there definitely needs to be resilience and grace I, mean, I don't think we suffer from that i think it's just making sure that we don't go too far tipping either way mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was talking to um i was talking to my mum uh, over the week and i said something and she said something really great i said oh mom like they're all bitching about me probably or like oh you know everybody at work they just bitch about me and they were like and then she was like yeah but everybody bitches about everyone <laughs> that's how work is done she was like that's how people get work done right because it's like you bitch about someone whilst you're doing the work and then whilst you're doing that work you bitch about someone else and that person will get your work um, and be like oh and bitch about you but overall the company goes on and actually it really made me laugh because she was like it doesn't matter she was like it key. doesn't matter no yeah. that's, that's life isn't it that's life <laughs> i always like i always think there's probably there's maybe a 10 percent of people that bitch about me cool yeah. Okay, I, <laughs> I love how you gave yourself a low ball 10 this message is dmc approved no i do agree so like yeah we we all have the positives about our jobs too and careers and so on so like we should share that more we'll do another episode maybe talking about that and a few other things to do with workplace but this is just a good one to get us started and get all those <laughs> feelings out there <laughs> frustrations out yeah <laughs>
So that wraps up our episode. I haven't torn into my boss yet, so <laughs> we can keep that for another time. Um, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode and um, please subscribe and like and review um, and we'll be back with our next episode. 